I was informed that I had made a rather sizable mistake in the previous episode, so I'm going to correct it really quickly in this episode. I had made the point that crime was mostly financially motivated, except for the occasional crime of passion, you know, the small little portion of, of crime that is crime of passion. And I was under a few mistaken assumptions and impressions as to what exactly a crime of passion was. And in light of that, uh, the correction that I received, I'm going to in turn deliver that correction to you guys so that that, that little piece of donked information is no more. Okay, so here's the correction. Property crimes are burglary, theft, or larceny and theft, uh, motor vehicle theft. They are all obviously financially motivated, or at least most of them. There could be some sliver of them that are not. And you have violent crimes, which includes homicide, rape, uh, robbery, and, and aggravated assault. Now, robbery is obviously financially motivated. And surprisingly, homicide has been found to be highly related to financial inequality. I was actually surprised by that. And aggravated assaults often accompany robberies. Though not always, I'm not putting a number to that either. I'm just saying aggravated assaults often accompany robberies. Um, now, rape is in a completely different class of itself. Um, as far as motivations go, I think it's safe to assume that rape isn't financially motivated. I don't think. Uh, I'm sure there are some like occasional really bizarre cases where it is, but I don't even know how that would happen. Okay, so <clears throat> on the FBI's so I looked all of this up on the FBI's, you know, stats, online stuff. And in 2017, there was a total of 7,694,157 uh, property crimes in the United States and 1,247,506 violent crimes. It has also been estimated that 7,000 and 106 violent crimes were hate crimes. Keep this in mind. So, if we do the math, burglary, larceny and theft, and motor vehicle theft, just to give a good cushion, let's say only 90% of these are financially motivated. Obviously, it's a lot higher. Okay, that gives us 6,924,742. Now for violent crimes, First, we're going to subtract um, the rape total altogether. Rape, sexual crimes, all that stuff. I'm just pulling that number straight out. And um, I'm also going to be subtracting the violent hate crimes from 2017 as well. For robbery, we'll give that the same 90% kind of cushion e-break alteration, even though obviously I'm almost positive robbery is like 100% financially motivated. And that gives us 287,000, 
287,284 or something like that. Now, from homicide and aggravated assault, we're going to subtract the hate crimes and then only take 80% of that this time. So an even larger cushion. And again, it's obviously a much larger percentage that is financially motivated, but we're doing this kind of to prove a point. That brings us to 820,874. So tallying this all up, out of the 8,941,665 total crimes in the United States, given the 10% cut from the robbery count, the 10% cut from all burglaries, larceny thefts, and motor vehicle thefts, and the 20% cut from all robberies and homicides. So the low ball figure for all crimes, which are financially motivated, given the nice little percentage cut cushion we gave to the bad guys that aren't, the total number for financially motivated crimes across the board is 8,032,901. That is 90%. 90% of all crimes are financially motivated. Now, remember, we took 10% off of robbery. We took 10% off of, or 20% off of the, we took percentages off that were far more gracious, you know, than <laughs> we should have really been. So I, I think the actual percentage of crimes, like for real, not this nice guy figure, is close to 97 or 98% of all crimes are financially motivated. Think about that. I mean, with everything that I've been telling you, with episode one, two, three, and now four, Think about the fact that extracting financially motivated crimes from a society, you know, repositioning the motivational foci that turn people to, you know, into this survival mode monopoly game instead of doing what we should be doing and working with each other and, and progressing and including everybody. So yeah, the estimate here is that after an epiconomy is instantiated and the AI stem drive is turned on, booted up, implanted, and everybody's chipped their hands and their temples. No, okay. We're not chipping anybody. This is not chipping. I, Sorry. This is so about privacy, okay? The AI stem drive is privacy centric. Privacy is a key, like it's like, you know, almost the cornerstone of how the actual, like not mechanics, how the software functions, how information is exchanged, the speed at which information is exchanged Privacy is close to almost essential for the AI stem drive to function correctly and properly. So 
No, I am not <laughs> like, I'm not a government payoff. I am not, you know, some sneaky way to get the government to try to get computers in everybody's houses and chip everybody in their hands. That is so not this. Like, if anything, the people that, you know, if this catches traction and things start going in a good direction, I would not be surprised. And I'm just putting this out there now. If there aren't at some point attempts on my life. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but um, the need to hold on to control is a powerful need and control is so much more addicting than heroin or cocaine or caffeine or meth, whatever drug you can throw at me, I can say control is more addicting for the people that are control freaks. I'm <laughs> totally expecting uh, attempts on my life. Like, I mean, come on, changing the world for the better, but taking away their insecure, like pretend hold that they think on, they have on the world. Oh, dude, they are going to be so mad if this takes off. Like, you kidding me? <laughs> Attempts on my life will be the least of what they start doing. <sighs> yeah, that's kind of scary, huh? Let's change the subject. What were we talking about? We should probably get going. So yeah, um, stem drive, epiconomy, no crime. Good? Okay, <laughs> moving on. Not moving on. I, I want, I had something to add <clears throat> really quickly. Okay, because of the dynamic of, of the, you know, the stem epiconomy, the whole point is to get people to self-actualize. Well, that's not the whole point. There are several points to the AI STEM drive and the STEM epicom, but we, those are covered. Listen to the episodes. So we have self-actualizing individuals. So violent crime, or not violent crime, financially motivated crimes will disappear. Like, I mean, gone. Like, you don't even have to worry about them anymore. Worry about them anymore. But let's talk for a moment about, like, uh, sexual crimes and other non-financially motivated violent crimes. Considering that the majority of people, we might have a couple outliers here and there, but the system takes care of that. Because most people, I mean, the structure of the system almost makes it difficult not to self-actualize. Like, it, it lights your intrinsically, intrinsic motivation engine gets you pumped on yourself, gets you going and, go and loving other people and doing things and becoming a better person. So the, uh, the violent crimes, sexual crimes, especially the, se okay, especially the sexual crimes, no, especially both. <laughs> I mean, from what I understand, um, a lot of sexual crimes are, what? Well, like um, control oriented, right? Like somebody, 
you know, I don't know if that's actually totally correct. I'm going to have to look this up. But if that is true, and it probably is true, I think, I think I've heard that in, don't quote me on that, but I'm almost certain that that is a truth. Um, if that is the case, then a world of self-actualizing people should snuff all that crap out too. The violent crimes, like who, what, what self-actualizing individual <laughs> is going to go out and get into a bar fight? What self-actualizing individual is going to do those those things that just uh, why would it I don't understand some people but I do understand that that happens because people are broken like because we have a system our entire socio-political economic structure is its metaphorical shape remember how I was talking about uh, society being like water, um, that, that the shape of our container really has a lot to do with what we become, you know, like a, a whirlpool and a waterfall and a stream, like the shape of our socioeconomic political, socio-political economic container has caused a lot of breakages, a lot of broken components. And that is, even, I'm not saying that it's, that they're like, you know, justified in, in doing that and doing those things that, because I, I don't, I don't understand it. And I'm not saying that they're justified at all. Okay. But what I am saying is that, well, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you put two guys or girls or you'd put a group of people in a room, lock them there for 12 days until they're all like on the edge of death. And then you drop a single cake into the middle of the room. Like you're going to have fights. You're just going to have fights. It, you have created an environment wherein the monsters of those people, the deep inner disgusting monsters that don't care what, uh, what happens or who they hurt. They just want that cake in the middle of the floor. The shape, okay, the metaphorical shape of that environment that you structured and created for them was purposefully designed to, to evoke their inner demons. The shape of the world right now is so terribly <laughs> designed. I know we didn't know that we did it when we did it, and many people still don't know it, but that's what I'm here for. I'm gonna tell you what the science just told me, okay? That the shape of our world incites the disgusting, incites the evil, incites the bad, gross, inner, human-ish stuff that does those things. This was a long enough intro. I think we need to get on to the content of this episode. <laughs>